Hello, everybody. We are back with another episode of The Nightlife, What's Working Well. I am with the amazing Kristen Ali. She is based in the Eastern Queens District office, and she's crushing it right now. So we had to get her on this podcast. We had to ask her, Kristen, what's working well? (laughs) Yeah. um, I mean, there's so many things that are working well right now. I mean, switching to completely online, it's opened up so many doors for us. Um, Like the show to interviews, I think has never been better. Uh, The amount of people coming through the door for interviews has never been better. The recruiting classes, I think, have been the best recruiting classes I've seen in five years working at Vector. You know, we've, we've had kids who normally have summer internships or normally have stuff going on coming through the door and they're they're coming in and they're getting so much more out of this opportunity than they would have if they were just getting coffee for their boss one day you know so it's it's cool to see the number of lives that we are impacting almost doubling in probably the last two months I believe so I've seen sales spiked because of it right I've seen people doing more demos on a daily basis because all they have to do is open up their computer and talk into their computer screen and read a script and they're making thousands of dollars and I think it's really awesome that we're able to do that so there's a lot of things going well um you know being able to create family create culture create teams even like in a virtual environment has been yes an adjustment but has also been very rewarding so Well, you mentioned so much right there that it's easy to dive into certain aspects of the business. So let's start off with recruiting. So you've mentioned that, you know, you're seeing the numbers double and you're getting really high quality people in the door. Can you touch a little bit more on that? What does that look like specifically for you? Are you on social media jumpstart? Do you have SMRAs? Is it mailers? Is it just, you know, your PR chains? Talk to us a little bit about what's working well specifically with recruiting. Yeah, all of the above. (laughs) So, I mean, the PR chains are incredible. Um, You know, normally, like, we had to do a combination of texting and calling just to keep up with the number of PRs that are coming through the door. And so um, it's nice to see friends of friends promoting the opportunity to each other, which it's crazy because they're just saying things naturally like, hey, my boss is cool. You should come check this out. Or, hey, like, you're making minimum wage right now and you don't even have enough hours because of everything going on, you should really come check this out. Or, hey, like you, you have weird hours and you don't have time to enjoy your summer, you should probably check my job out. And like they're just saying things naturally because they're experiencing them. Um, and you can tell that they're making a lot of money. They're getting a great experience. So their friends are naturally inclined to come in and they feel attracted to that. And so that creates culture in the office too. When you see friends of friends kind of competing against each other, you get these groups that kind of form and they, they go after these big goals and it creates this great competitive vibe. That's also boosted sales, you know, and then social media has been great too. We got a lot of students who are going to great universities in the fall and some of their summer plans have been put on hold. And, you know, we got a lot of assistant managers. I I personally don't have like hired SMRAs, but I have assistant managers who are trained in social media recruiting and they've been, targeting all of our local private schools, all of our local uh, universities of students who have done really well. And they're coming through the door. You know, it's very easy to just get them signed up for an interview. And once they're in front of me, it's, it's where we're going to have that connection. They're going to come back to training. Um, And when it comes to mailers, like I've had a great response to the mailer show. It's been, it's been good. A lot of the time they're, they're very sharp students who just graduated from high school or are just getting into their freshman or sophomore year of college. And, you know, um, I think that 
a majority of the mailers are also incredibly sharp. We're getting a lot of three-star recruits, which is beautiful. I love all of that. Wow, there's, again, so much to unpack here. So <laughs> much to unpack. So I love what you mentioned about the natural inclination that your people have to recruit their friends in the door. And I think it speaks volumes to you as a manager. Because if they're going out there and saying, hey, my boss is cool, like, come check this out, or they're, they're doing sometimes the hardest job of a manager, which is to convince people to give you PR names, right? But they're doing it naturally. Do you think you're doing anything specific to create that desire for your people? Are you having certain conversations? Or are you just like... It's, a, it's magic. I can't really explain it, but it's happening. A little bit of both. Um, I am intentional, though, about the PR recruiting. I do a lot of stories and training. Um, uh, you know, my top people are PRs. I would say, like, like any other team, at least I believe so, I would say, like, 80 to 90% of my team is PRs. And so it's easy for me to just be a storyteller throughout training. Every stop by, every person that comes through the door that's already on my team, uh, they come in and I always ask them, like, so who referred you? Like, how did you know them? Were they a close friend? And so there's this, like, idea in people's minds already that it's normal for people to be referred to this job, that people love this job, that people are always coming through the door. Like, wh why are all these students, if you have a large team, I have, like, 65 people on my team. So when, they, when they're coming into training all day, stopping by, stopping by, stopping by, saying it over and over and over again, I mean, it just, it just feels habitual. It feels normal, you know? Um, and... It's cool because they come in and they talk about the culture. They talk about the vibe about us being like family. And I just think it's because I just promote my vision very frequently. You know, I, I say it throughout training that my biggest core value is family and integrity. And I say it over and over and over again. And you'll hear sometimes because I say it so often, you'll hear my assistant manager say it when they stop by training. So they are now starting to share my vision with me. And when you have people that care about the organization as much as you do, or at least to some sort of extent that you do, um, it, it does make it easier to have that culture of, of friends and team building. Mm. I need you to share your vision with us now. <laughs> I'm so curious what it is. So please, share with us. What is this magic process bringing everybody in through your door? What is the vision? No, it's, I think it's just me being real and genuine. It changes frequently. It's not like a scripted thing. I think it's, it's not about a number. It's not about you know, uh, obviously I share the sales number, we're going after a million dollar a year and stuff, but I don't think that's really important to people. I just share with people how much I care about them. I tell them like, I don't, I, I care about the sales number at the end of the day on the report, but I care more about who you become in the process than I do about any big number. And I just have a lot of conversations about making sure that I know where, what their goals are. Like I, I let them know in training, like I care about your goals. I want to know what you're going after. Like if you're trying to hit a pay raise, if you're trying to make a certain number of income, if you want to have a certain number of money in your bank account, if you want to have a resume builder, if you want to get a signed letter of recommendation from the CEO, like my job is to help you get there. Like it's, it's, it's not about the sales number. Trust me, the sales number will follow. You'll, you'll make a lot of money in the process, but we, we want to make sure you're learning something that's going to be applicable for you in the long run. Not just with Vector, whether you're with me for 10 days, 10 months, 10 weeks, 10 years, right? I just want you to take something from the experience and leave this opportunity better than how I found you. And, and that's my goal, you know, like my team. And it's like amazing to hear this. It's just, it's so, <laughs> I can tell that you say it with such conviction and enthusiasm and confidence. And it's no wonder you're seeing the success that you're seeing. That's really, really awesome. You also mentioned something about going back to recruiting, getting people in the door, getting them into the interview has been relatively easy for you. And then building that connection 
has been easy for you to get them into training. Can you touch a little bit on that? Because I know that there are people out in the Vector universe who are in a similar shoe as you are, where it's like people are showing up for the interviews, but maybe they're lacking in that connection. So I would love for you to touch on what are you doing in the interview to create that connection to drive the attendance to training? Yeah, um, I mean, there, there's obviously a script, um, but I mean, I, I tend to be a little bit of an innovator. I go a little off script sometimes just because, um, you know, it's, it's a recruiting class. It's not just an interview. Like if I'm going to take my best people, of course, like if there's 30 people in an interview, I've got two assistant managers, they're going to help me post everybody, but I'm going to keep the top 10 for myself. And that's going to take me a little bit longer. Like there, you'll see that there's wrap up a little quicker, but I'm going to spend a little extra time with some of my top people or some PRs of my top people or some social media recruits that I, from top universities or top private schools, I'm going to spend my time with them. And I'm going to really go a little bit into detail just, I guess, about their experiences, what they're looking for and just apply it to the experience that they're gonna get here. Um, and I, I also make them work for it just a little bit. I might ask them a couple of tougher questions, but I think they can handle it, which is why I do it. And tough questions not really being a lot. It's just like, you know, I'll, I'll kind of like zone in and just be like, so out of all the applicants on the call, why do you feel like you deserve this opportunity, right? Like what, what's your biggest strength? What's your asset? Tell me what you can bring to the table. And when you ask questions like that, you can really see that they're working for it. They try to sell you on why they should be a part of the team. and when somebody can, can convince you or kind of like uh, express that to you, you can tell that they really want it. And when, once I know for a fact that they want it and they're there and I can see the enthusiasm and the, the hunger to get started, I'm like, all right, I think you'd be a great fit for the team. Let's get you started, you know? Um, and so that's, it's just a very simple conversation. I try to connect with them. I try to talk about the PR a lot, the person that referred them um, or maybe someone that they know that goes to the university that they go to or goes to the school that they went to. Yeah. You know, I just try to find some sort of common ground with them to make them feel like they belong here. Well, I love what you just said about having them sell you on why they should be part of the team. And I heard this from somebody, and I can't remember who it was, somebody in Vector, in the Vector universe. You love these quotes, right? There's so many great quotes that um, help simplify the business. And this quote is, when you say it, they analyze it. When they say it, they own it. And it can apply to all these different areas, but specifically in the interview, when you try to tell them why they're going to be a good fit for your team, they're going to analyze what you're saying. When they tell you why they're going to be a good fit for their team, they're going to own it. And it's probably one of the reasons why you have such a high show to training. That's, that's really great. Now let's move into demo management. Cause you mentioned you have 60 people on your team. That's, yeah. That's a pretty big size team. And uh, I know you have two assistant managers. So I'm curious to know, how are you driving demos? How are you PDIing? How are you PCing? How are you delegating? Just basically, how are you working with a team this size? Yeah, absolutely. Um, there are so many things that go into that. There's so many systems. Um, I don't know if you want to spend time breaking them down individually, but I'll give you like a nutshell of what, what I'm doing. And so I think the biggest thing is just PDI and demo creation. Um, just knowing the number of demos each week. Like we have a system, like Q has probably saved my life. Um, I don't think without Q, I would have, I would have been able to manage everybody just like on any other platform. Like this was the one that helped me a lot. And I made it a thing where every Tuesday morning they have to submit a schedule in Q to me and text me their sales goal for the week. And that's kind of like their check-in for the start of the week. It, it gives me a clear vision of what our sales week might look like and the number of demos. So they have a very clear understanding. It's not just like I'm telling them, okay, you got to do three demos today, three demos tomorrow, three, three demos on Friday. It's like, 
okay, well, you want to have a $1,000 week. Well, that means you got to do somewhere between 10 and 15 demos. I don't care where you do them, right? You can do them all in one day if you want to take six days of the week off. I just care that you put 10 demos in your schedule for some point in the next seven days. And I don't really push them unless we're in a push period like we are right now. But um, I normally just like keep them, I, like I'll, I'll get them elevated. Like if someone says I only want to sell a thousand and they're like $2,000 away from their $10,000 promotion, I'm going to be like, hey, like I think you can hit 10K this week. You got $2,000 more to go. You only put 10 demos in your schedule. So maybe we should increase that number to maybe like 15 or 20. You know, I think that that's, I know that you're going to put in a little extra effort, but it's going to be worth it. Right. So it, it's, it's, it's worth it because X, Y, and Z, because you're going to be at dirty 30. You're going to win a signed letter of recommendation. How's it going to feel? Right. What's it going to feel like when you're at dirty 30 at the start of next week and you don't have to worry about it anymore. And you kind of have those conversations and help them readjust their goals. And you'll see people naturally just thinking bigger because of it. Cause they're yeah. only going to think as big as you, you know, yeah. they're, they're not going to think bigger than you are. Well, you know, what's really great. And I want to dig into this a little bit more. Um, and then we have to wrap up because we try to keep these short, although I know you and I could talk for hours. I know, <laughs> <laughs> but you mentioned this idea of, I love the Tuesday check-in. I think that's really great. I love, you know, the concept. I don't care when you do these demos, as long as you get them done. I think that is a unique take on building somebody's schedule that I don't often hear vector managers say. It's like, I want to maximize every single day. But in reality, it's like, we say that the schedule is flexible, so let's make it flexible for them. And if they have a goal, let's show them how to hit that goal via action. But it doesn't matter when they take the action, as long as they're taking it. And mm -hmm. you mentioned that. You also said something that I haven't ever heard a vector manager say, and I want to ask you more about that. It's, I don't really push them unless we're in a push period. Can you talk to me about that? Yeah. Um, I think I do a really good job of setting it up where I make sure that people know that this is the type of job where you need to be intrinsically motivated. Like it needs to come from you. Like you need to have a strong why as to why you're doing this. Like I can guide you and I can lead you and I can push you in the right direction, but I can't make you do anything you don't want to do. And there comes a point I see, like I remember as a branch where I would push people and I would see them fall off or I would push people and they wouldn't go after a goal because they didn't really care about it as much as I did. So I try to make sure I know what people are actually excited about and just help them get there. That's it. That's it. I just do that with every single person. And when I do that individually with every person or my team does it with everyone, the whole entire team hits their goal you know? And so I just want people to get to where they want to be. And I do push my top people. I would say like my top performers, I'll ask a little bit more of them, but I always make sure I ask for permission first. I'm like, Hey, like I see you have 15, 20 demos already. Do I have permission to help you think a little bit bigger? And then they're always like, yeah, of course you can always give me feedback. And then I, I give them the suggestions and it's really up to them to take it. And when they want to do it and they're the ones in control of putting it in queue and I'm not the one changing it, they just work naturally 10 times harder because they wanted to, not because I forced them to. And I think that's the difference, you know, like you can inspire people versus push them. Mm. Great. That is a great response. I'm really glad that I asked that question because that was, there was so much golden nuggets in there. Yeah. Um, oh, we could keep talking. My last question <laughs> is, you mentioned the earlier part of this call about your culture and you've already touched a little bit on it, but in you know one minute or less can you touch on what's working well with your culture yeah um i think just family um 
I tell people all the time, family is my biggest core value. Like I want people to feel like they're a part of something. And I, I love that I see my team just naturally making friends and, and in an environment right now where you're not seeing a lot of people and especially in New York city, we're all kind of stuck right now. Uh, it's, it's nice to feel like you're a part of something when there's not a lot going on. And I think people recognize that and they naturally are just attracted to that. And they come in and there's such a great culture with our group chat. They're always talking to each other. They post funny videos. When they get their fast art prizes, it's like a photo shoot. Like people laugh. There's knife jokes. There's stories about demos. It's not just me talking to myself. Like they're, they're talking to each other. And I can tell that they talk outside of the group chat too. You can tell that there's friendships being formed. Um, and that's what I wanted. You know, I, I have strong field training culture. A lot of them go on demos together you know, and I think that creates great relationships. Um, and they have great relationships with my assistant managers who now have their own group chat and I'm not even in it. And I'm like, that's cool. Like you guys go hang out without me. <laughs> like I'm, I'm, I'm fine. It's okay. <laughs> um, I, I, I did joke about it. I was like, FOMO, you leave, you're leaving me out, but they're, they're good. And I'm okay with that. You know, it's, I remember when I was an assistant manager, the one thing that kept me around was my friends and my people and they were pushing me to do better. So I don't mind them, you know, taking that independence and just like talking to each other about the job and pushing each other by themselves. Yeah. Oh, that's so great. Yeah. That's really a special part of the vector culture in general. I think most people will say at some point in their career, it's not about the knives. It's, it's about the lives. And that can mean so many different things, but I think a lot of it means the friendships that we create here. And I mean, I, I can speak to it having one half of my wedding party having Zol Cutco at some point. And when you look at everyone that attended my wedding, it was like 75% Cutco people. Um, and I think some, some people have this story in their head that it can't be created virtually, um, but you're, you're living proof that it can. So I love to hear what you're doing. I think it's really amazing. And again, I wish we could go longer, but for the sake of time, Let's go ahead and wrap up here. Kristen, what's one final thought or piece of advice that you have for either a first year branch? I know that you've been a branch twice. Um, what would be a final thought? Yeah, um, one final piece of advice. There's so many nuggets going around in my head. I'm like, which one do I want to pick? Um, well, I would just say, um, if I were a first time branch again or a first time manager, I would say just dare to think bigger and don't be afraid of your goal. You know, like if your goals don't scare you, they're not big enough and they should be scary. Like this, it's not meant to be easy. This is designed to push you and to make you a better person in the long run. And it's challenging. And I know it's frustrating when you don't always hit your goal and you know, you're not, you're not getting there, but focus on people, focus on building great people, focus on creating great representatives and focus on helping people hit their goal and everything will just fall into place. You know, don't worry about the big number at the end of the week. Don't worry about the number on the sales report. When you help people, the, the feeling you get from just doing that is more rewarding than looking at any number at the end of the week. I love it. Thank you so much once again, Kristen, for spending this time with us this morning. Everyone out there listening, as you have heard, Kristen is a leader with a huge heart and lots of love for her people and it's showing up in a multitude of different ways on the sales report in her people's culture in her people's retention in recruiting all these different areas of the business so Kristen I'm so excited to watch you go after your million dollar year great start to the summer seriously absolutely amazing you deserve to feel super proud of yourself and 
I know we'll have more of these chats down the road. Thanks so much. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for the kind words, Shelby.